Hello, good evening and welcome to the latest episode of Straight Talking English. I am your host, as ever, Catherine. I didn't number the episode because I can't remember how many I've done, but we are coming up to episode 20 and we are returning to the Love and Relationships half of the anthology with Eden Rock by Charles Causley. The name is a made-up place. Eden Rock's not a real place. Our poet, Mr Charles Causley, was born in 1917 and died in 2003. It was written when he was an old man. I'm not quite sure how old, but we're going to go with properly old. In terms of his life, he was a very, very private person. Everything that you needed to know about him was in his poems, according to to him I mean I'm like he must have had a driver's license and an address but you know everything we need to know is in his poems his dad died when he was six-ish or seven-ish he sustained some injuries during world war one which sadly impacted the rest of his short life he also developed tuberculosis so his dad may have been around during his young life but he may well not have been in full and perfect health. The only other thing that I can really tell you about Charles Causley, because he's not one of these poets that has this rich and full context, is that he was born in Cornwall in a rural environment. It's a little bit more context that I'll go into when it comes up. And I'm really, really lucky this week because I have a proper good recording of Causley actually reading this poem. When you're listening, take a a pen and pencil or just take a mental note. Where does he do his pauses? Because they are not necessarily at the end of each line. They're waiting for me somewhere beyond Eden Rock. My father... 25, in the same suit of genuine Irish tweed, his terrier Jack still two years old and trembling at his feet. My mother, 23, in a sprigged dress drawn at the waist, ribbon in her straw hat, has spread the stiff white cloth over the grass. Her hair, the colour of wheat, takes on the light. She pours tea from a thermos, the milk straight from an old HP sauce bottle a screw of paper for a cork, slowly sets out the same three plates, the tin cups painted blue. The sky whitens as if lit by three suns. My mother shades her eyes and looks my way over the drifted stream. My father spins a stone along the water. Leisurely they beckon to me from the other bank. I hear them call. See where the stream path is. Crossing is not as hard as you might think. I had not thought that it would be like this. Somebody asked me the other day where Eden Rock is. I mean, I have no idea. I made it up. Dartmoor, I said. That's always a safe answer. I do wonder if he had a bit of a cold when he recorded that, bless him. But he is very much an old man looking back on his life. The structure of this poem is quite a nice one, actually. It's divided up quite neatly. We've got six stanzas, or five and a pause. It's up to you whether you think that pause creates a different stanza or not. But the pause is deliberate. He didn't just press enter too many times. We've got this 
half rhyme with a vowel shift that comes up at the end of each line. So rock, jack, the k is the same, but the main vowel sound, the o or the a, is different. Suit, feet. It's it's a bit weird. Think of it like if you were playing the piano and you hit like a flat note. It makes everything a bit weird. Something isn't quite right. It's a bit like, oh, I don't know what's wrong, but something's just off with this. But it is really regular. It is really regular, especially at the end of the monosyllables. It gives us kind of this like gentle flowing tone in which just something just isn't quite right. It's just not right. We actually have quite um, an organised way of setting it out. Stanza one, about the dad. Stanza two, about the mum. Stanza three, this action of getting the picnic ready. Stanza four, moves away to the rest of the world. Stanza five, the end of the action. So it's neatly set out into these segments. As I mentioned, Eden Rock isn't a real place. But we need to think about the connotations of Eden. I mean, literally, Garden of Eden, book one, I think that's called Genesis in the Bible. Yeah, we'll go with, like, Bible, the original book one. (laughs) It's created by God. It's perfect. It's paradise. But it's also locked to the rest of us. You're either locked in or you're locked out. That's how it works. And it's like, it's also beyond time. It's beyond our human understanding. It's a purely like fantastical religious place. But is his Eden entirely imaginary? Is this scene entirely imaginary? Is it kind of a composite of memories that he's put together? Is it a photograph? It might be, actually. I quite like that as a theory. But it starts off, they are waiting for me somewhere beyond Eden Rock. They, the pronoun power they say that beyond Eden Rock they're already beyond this world is it like a physical beyondness so they like far away or is it like a spiritual thing are they in the afterlife we've got this fixed moment this fixed point in time and space where everything is still still two years old the same suit Everything is the same in this fixed little point. The movement comes in with the dog, which I kind of hope is a Jack Russell because I always find it's like such a waste for a Jack Russell's called Jack. I'm like, you could think of any any name for this dog and you went for the obvious one. I'm like, come on, peeps. But he's trembling. It's the one thing that moves. So why is he trembling? Fear? Youth? cold excitement i don't have much knowledge of dogs so go ask a dog that you know the genuine irish tweed thing proper noun so it's assuming prior knowledge it kind of comes out as if it's maybe a really vivid memory for causley like he's saying it like we would know we would relate to this memory or i kind of get vibe that like the dad has said it like oh i like your suit mr causley yeah it's genuine irish tweed it's like this pride in himself 
it moves on to the mum. So I point out the dad, I don't know how young the dad was when he died, but 25 is plausible. So it could have been late in the father's life. And this poem was written after his mother died. So at this point, in his life as an old man he is i mean his parents have completely passed his mum is always this kind of like rustic natural figure like sprigged dress ribbon in the hat like a really country person it's really quite plausible like the young man and the girl and they're out in the countryside so it could be a picture could be a picture like a freeze frame but the mum has spread it out again the sense of movement because even though it is a still image she has done something and there is evidence of it think about the wheat and the light the similar color this bright yellow it's calm it's happy it's natural and it also kind of lends because it's a similar tone it lends this idea to it being a photo if it was black and white or sepia they'd appear as the same tone but she is always associated with this like beautiful light stanza three it comes to life it's like someone's flipped a switch and these figures have started to move she's pouring tea from the thermos the milk from an hp sauce bottle screw of paper for a cork slowly sets out the same three plates the tin cups painted blue it's domestic it's calm it's very familiar i mean we know what a brown sauce bottle and a thermos look like and the screw of paper for a cork it's kind of anachronistic it's like you know it is something that dates the image it's kind of it's unambiguous but it's quite shocking not shocking it's quite different against the ambiguity of the rest of the poem it's almost this like modesty and simplicity it's like well why would we get a fancy new milk bottle when we can use this brown sauce bottle why would we get fancy cups because we've got tin cups okay cool fair enough the same is what's interesting though the same three plates slowly sets them out like the same three plates it feels like it's kind of repeating something that's already happened like i was born in bromley and no matter how many times i go back to bromley it always looks the same i don't get it like even if like the shops have changed or like the people in the streets have changed it always looks the same and it's this idea that even though things change we have this like fixed image in our mind like bromley has this like bromliness of a quality about it and that is what he's drawing on these same three plates the same cups is he closely studying this photo is this a photo he's aware of and he's imagining it gives kind of a ghostly deja vu to it just kind of like the premonition of stanza four where everything gets creepy the sky whitens as if lit by three suns white innocence purity as if lit by three suns it's a simile it's not literally lit up with three suns 
he gets three times brighter. But why mention these three suns? Why do it? Well, it could be a religious thing. The Whenever we think of three, you know, it's a magic number, but it tends to come up a lot in the Bible. Trinity, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, three gifts for the baby Jesus, three days between Good Friday and Easter Sunday. There's actually two days. Easter Monday, oh my days. I'm recording this quite late at night and my maths is terrible. It always comes back to it. So is this a religious thing? Back to the Eden thing. Is he in heaven? Are the three sons, this trinity brought together, him, his mum and dad, is it kind of a a light at the end of the tunnel kind of thing? Like, you know, I see the light, I'm moving towards it. If you do are in that situation, don't go towards the light, by the way. Just, just turn around. But is his family represented as the trinity? Is it the set of completeness? A triangle or a pyramid is actually like the strongest kind of shape. So is it representing strength? I don't know. My mother shades her eyes and looks my way over the drifted stream. My father spins the stone along the water leisurely. It's a sense of, like, patience. Like, they're not bothered waiting for him. Like, they they don't really care. They're calm. It's leisurely. The dad's just, like, flipping stones. Let's talk about the river, though, this drifted stream. Before I get into it, I'm going to quote, oh, getting my classics on, the Roman poet Virgil. When he's describing the afterlife, he says, In no fixed place the happy souls reside, in groves we live and lie on mossy beds, by crystal streams that murmur through through the meads but pass but pass on easy hill and their descends path conducts you to your journey's end virgil's writing like two thousand years ago and what he's describing is a scene from greek mythology so according to the ancient greeks when you die go to this like waiting area this like limbo and there's a river in front of you called the river styx s-t-y-x If you're lucky and your family are prepared, you've been buried with a coin in your coffin. You can use that coin to pay the ferryman called Charon to take you in a boat over the river. And on the other side is this amazing, perfect, wonderful place called Elysium. And that is the happy place after you die, according to the ancient Greeks. It is good. If you don't have your coin, or you haven't been buried properly, or you've been a badden, you have to wait in this waiting area. And that's where you're going to wait forever unless you can get to Elysium and get over the river. Think again, a river is a barrier, it's a boulder, it's something that's a division. The parents are on the other side in Eden Rock, the nice place. And they're beckoning him from the other bank. Beckoning, it could be like, it's nice, it's kind of paternal, maternal. Well, come over here. It's also a bit creepy though. Like, what pops into my head is like Muppet Christmas Carol for some reason. Where like the spirit of Christmas yet to come like silently beckons to Scrooge. I hear them call, see where the stream path is, exclamatory sentence, this moment of liveliness and enthusiasm in what, like, 
otherwise it's a very calm moment. Crossing is not as hard as you might think. It's advisory tone. The momentum is building. But then the pulse. I had not thought it would be like this. Honestly, first time I heard this poem, that hit me in the gut. I was like, oh god, oh god, I understand this, this is really upsetting. But he's using the pluperfect tense, implying he's changed his mind now. I've realised it's easy now, but actually... I used to think it was difficult. It's monosyllabic. I had not thought that it would be like this. And it's unpoetic. It's just someone saying it. It's personal. I also find it really devastating. It's separated. Could be symbolic of his separation from his family. But it gives us this slight emotional distance. The way I always read it is just this moment of, oh my gosh, this is what's happened. I firmly believe that he's a ghost. Feel free to disagree with me. I think he's a ghost. He's died and he realised it's actually really easy to get to see his family because he's dead. And his whole life he was like, when will I see them again? When will I see them again? And actually it was really easy to see them. You just had to be a ghost. Which again, that's not everyone's interpretation. Death is never actually mentioned in the poem. There is this sense of like reconciliation and peace. The euphemism of like crossing. I remember when I was unemployed and there was this terrible psychic daytime TV show called Crossing Over and this guy would like crawled read the audience and be like, do you have someone in your family whose name begins with M? And there's someone in like shout out i don't know if it's still on actually if it is look for it right but like in the middle of this nostalgia in the middle of this looking back these allusions to death we get this like joy calm at the end maybe it's a maybe it's like a situation we could put ourselves in because if you're fearing death then that's not what he wants to share like it can you can just accept it you can just say like right life is behind i'm ready to go and it ends with this ambiguous question like does he follow them does he not does he agree with them does he cross the stream and leave his life behind I'm thinking, yeah, but it's this one snapshot moment of this decision. And it's very sweet. I mean, everything is drifting. Everything is slow. This moment of acceptance, decision. And what I always see is kind of this devastating realisation at the same time. It's really beautiful. All the colours make it stunning. But within that, you get a sense of the movement combined with the stillness i don't know if i've explained that well i genuinely like eden rock i don't know if it's just that i'm morbid but i do genuinely enjoy this one um i think it conjures i like i I think i tend to like the ones that conjure a still moment rather than trying to express a lot of movement maybe that's just me maybe i like sitting still friends and partners that this would work with before you were mine absolutely photographic quality the single image of the girls giggling yep walking away distance yeah like the kid is walking away here the kid wants to see his family go 
gotcha. Mother any distance, yeah, same thing. Like, same, just the same. I mean, I'm going to cover mother any distance relatively soon. And it's basically just going to be me cutting and pasting everything I've said from walking away. Um, follow up in terms of the role reversal trying to see your family trying to make that connection yeah anything that you think involves like memory family this is actually quite good because um between Eden Rock before you were mine and follower you've got actually a lot of it covered so if those come up it's worth hedging your bets on them actually so plugging my pluggables right str8 talk english on twitter straighttalkingenglish.wordpress.com as ever i've got a couple of articles lined up that assuming tomorrow is not too hectic i will give you some amazing context next podcast is gonna be oh my gosh i see i've got to tell you before i go i had a proper light bulb moment today and i finally understand tissue so the next the next podcast i'm gonna do i'm feeling well brave we're gonna cover mtr's darkest tissue have a lovely evening i look forward to sharing my revelations with you